When it comes to local government elections, sometimes it can be good to get an outsider's view. Hello and welcome to Toowoomba 2020, the Chronicle's local government election podcast. I'm Toby Loftus. John Mickle is an adjunct associate professor at the Queensland University of Technology. He was a minister in the Peter Beattie and Anna Bly governments and also served as the Speaker of the Legislative Assembly between 2009 and 2012. I caught up with Professor Mickle over the phone this week to speak about the Toowoomba election race, as well as what is happening in Gundawindi, where Lawrence Springbork is making a return to politics, as well as the Southern Downs, where Mayor Tracy Doby faces some competition. Professor Mickle, welcome to Toowoomba 2020, and thanks for talking to us. It's my pleasure. Looks like a very exciting uh, election period up there in Toowoomba. Yes, it's shaping up to be one. Um, Firstly, though, let's start with um, Gundawindi. We can't say just yet that the Borg is back, but Lawrence Springborg is running for mayor in, in Gundawindi. What do you think his chances are there? Oh, you wouldn't even bet on him. He, he is just, in my view, a certainty. Uh, he is a, a, a person who served in the state parliament for a long period of time. Uh, he has the blessing of the outgoing mayor, Graham, um, well-known personality, the, the sort of quality person you need in local government. Uh, I'm, I'm showing my bias a bit here, but he uh, he's exactly what local government needs at this time. Uh, I would uh, think that he will be overwhelmingly elected there. In fact, I'd be surprised if he even has an opponent. Um, quality candidate, quality person. Mm. Um, I, with um, Lawrence, he's got that um, he's got that name recognition. Is that important for someone running in um, for mayor in somewhere like Gundawindi? Well, a positive name recognition, uh, but o- also a person uh, with whom people in Gundawindi would have uh, interacted uh, over over the decades. I mean, he he's been, was in public life from uh, 1989 all the way through to. Uh, the last election. So he, by virtue of that, both he and his wife Linda will have interacted with many, many people, including many people in Gundawindi. Gundawindi was an, and is an important town in his former state electorate, but it was one of the towns. So by contrast with his state electorate, it is much smaller, closer and uh, identifiable personality is needed, but one who is seen in as positive light is uh, is even better. And Graham Shue is retiring after many, many years in um, public life. How would you describe his career? Oh, very good. Uh, I have met Graham and spoken with him on a number of occasions. What comes through is two things. He's an enthusiastic supporter, naturally, of everything Gundawindi. Uh, my interactions w- with him have been in and around the issues uh, in Gundawindi. Uh, he would uh, quietly tell you that he uh, encouraged Lawrence to stand, but anybody who's uh, been in and around local government uh, for as long as he has uh, deserves to be recognised. Graham should be recognised for the positive contribution he made. I mean, recently he was in Milmerin, again, arguing 
Gundawindi's case uh, before a Senate committee. He's regularly in Brisbane arguing Gundawindi's case before the uh, public servants and the uh, ministers in Brisbane arguing Gundawindi's case. Regional and rural Queensland needs people who are going to stand up for those country values and for the, the value of the town. Graham's done that and uh, we wish him well in his retirement, I'm sure. Uh, I like to be able to recognise people who've given up their time to serve their community and Graham certainly fits into that category very easily. Now, moving a bit closer to Toowoomba, but not just that quite there yet, um, what are your general thoughts on the Southern Downs election? This one, to me, Tracy Dobie last time, 55% of the primary vote, 65% of the two-party preferred vote. Uh, that looks a solid lead. She, she, this time, however, has a candidate in Vic Panisi, who is one of the candidates, uh, who appears to have a, a very strong Stanthorpe identification and probably uh, is a well uh, enough name known in the other parts of the seat in and around Warwick by virtue of the fact that that's where the council meets. So I think she's got stiffer opponent this time and uh, it'll be interesting to see how she goes. There has been issues with the Southern Downs and the in relation to water, but I get the impression too that there's an underlying issue of uh, parts of the Shire feel that they haven't been listened to. So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. In other words, what I'm saying is Tracy Doby this time faces an election uh, where she's got a serving councillor who is an identifiable figure in a good chunk of the electorate. So that'll be, a, I think, a closer contest. It may even be the closest contest uh, in the Darling Downs region this time. Mm. Moving now to Toowoomba, um, do you expect to close? I, I, I couldn't see uh, a Paul Antonio, who's got a, a fantastic uh, history in local government. Uh, when a guy is getting 75% of the primary vote at the last election, 89% two-party preferred. These are figures that uh, a state and federal member would just swoon about. Um, to put, say that in four years you could put a significant hole in that, uh, I think is optimism at its best. Uh, I would expect uh, Paul Antonio will be easily re-elected in um, Toowoomba. The, the reason for that is people would look at his result last time and even if they wanted to run for mayor, they would say, this is mission impossible. Uh, let's wait and see whether uh, Paul Antonio in the future decides he wants to do something else with himself. Uh, I would think he's a very, very short price favourite to be re-elected mayor of Toowoomba. Um, could, for instance, you mentioned that people would look at that res that result and think it's too much. We did have some high-profile, potential high-profile candidates come out and float that they might run for mayor. So, for instance, um, just before he announced his candidacy as a councillor, um, the former Toowoomba North MP, Kerry Shine, was floating that he might run for mayor. But um, obviously we can't speak for him, but he must have seen those results and thought he had no chance compared to what um, 
Kibbutz, Paul? Well, anybody looking at those results, anybody who's serious would say that is impossible. Um, and 89% is is a long way to put a gap in somebody in three years, in four years, I should say. Mm. Um, now, I would have thought that Paul Antonio will have the respect primarily uh, of the area he was uh, mayor of, Milmerin. Uh, he'll pick up the rural areas who know that he can understand their issues. And then there's his predominance in Toowoomba. Uh, I would have thought that that, would, that in local government is a very, very formidable task. We're, we're talking about somebody, again, who argues uh, very stridently Toowoomba's case, both in the local government forums he, he is well known to the state ministers. In fact, the Premier, as I understand it, comes up to the Toowoomba Carnival flowers, mixes very easily with the Mayor, and at the federal level, uh, the Mayor would be able to pick up a phone to many of the federal ministers and they know with whom they are speaking. Uh, this is somebody who's got leadership and um, all over them, and uh, he could literally call himself Mr Toowoomba and nobody would really giggle behind his, his back. Uh, very hard to beat a, a strong uh, personality like that, obviously. Uh, I'm actually pretty sh um, sure that following the um, downfall of former Ipswich Mayor um, Paul Pasali, that um, Councillor Antonio is now, I think, one of the most would by the numbers, be one of the most popular politicians in um, Queensland. I would have. I, I look. I haven't looked at the other seventy-six, but eighty-nine percent. I think eclipses Paul Pasali at his height. I don't. Uh, Paul Pasali was in the eighties, but I don't know that he got to eighty-nine. Mm. Well, these are numbers that any any aspiring um, politician would just dream of. Um, is it normal for themselves? That's not a normal figure, no. no. Nothing near it. No, um, but is it normal as well to see um, such a popular mayor as Paul Antonio go up for re-election with no um, high-profile name recognition, positive name recognition candidate? Uh, oh, no. I know. I think once people understand what the position is. Uh, to get 89% means you've got a massive uh, recognition and respect that eclipses any political divide. Now, you mentioned Paul Pasali before. Well, he was able to do that in Ipswich uh, at his height. Uh, if you go to Brisbane, uh, someone like Clem Jones was able to do it at his height. Uh, often overlooked was um, Campbell Newman and then uh, Graham Quirk at their height. They weren't getting 89%, but they were decimating uh, any opposition they had. And uh, it, it is just a fact. If you're running against a formidable opponent, then the quality of your opposition simply goes down. That's the reality. 
We've had um, two confirmed retiring councillors here in Toowoomba. That was Councillor Chris Tate and Councillor Anglesheen. And um, another councillor, Mike Williams, has delivered what's only been, been can be called a farewell speech in the council chamber, though he hasn't officially announced his retirement yet. And a fourth councillor is also expected to retire here. With um, six of the ten councillors going up for re-election and there's sort of four open spots. Does already being on the council give them a better chance at re-election or will they still have to work to get that position again? Oh, voters always like you to work. They always like you to think um, for you to be seen to be out there <coughs> campaigning. People always, it's a bit like Christmas shopping. People complain about it but they do it. Uh, they complain about candidates who are on the hustings. But on the other hand, they have a deep look at who's working hard to earn their respect and their vote. Before I develop that a little bit further, can we I just say something about Chris Tate and Anne Glasheen? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are people, uh, in Chris Tate's case, uh, who was on the Jandarian Council. Uh, he's a long-serving member in Toowoomba. Anne Glasheen, from, uh, who was on the Clifton Shire for a number of years, these are people who've given uh, a large chunk of their working life to local government, and that in itself well, deserves the community thanks. Mike Williams, uh, if you read his CV, he is exactly the quality sort of person that you need in local government. You look at his uh, concerns, and what are his concerns? One of them is governance. And boy, oh boy, at a federal level at the moment, when you see that sports rorts, when you see uh, uh, people falling short at the state level, um, he is somebody who should be just held up by local government to say, listen, tell us all about governance and the interactions you have in local government. So what I'm saying is uh, Toowoomba this time is losing three people and possibly four who've got a long history in local government. But uh, I was so impressed when I read uh, Mike Williams's CV about governance uh, that this is somebody who local government association should grab hold of and say, look, could you get on a, a talk and talk with some of the new councillors? Uh, an iconic name, I know, but uh, again, somebody who's got a good history in local government from the Cambuya Shire. Uh, so these are... Uh, were rural people who got um, elected into Toowoomba Regional Council, and that's a good thing. So Toowoomba is poorer in longevity and a corporate knowledge sense for the leaving of those three, and we, we let's not speculate who the fourth is, but if that is also a long-term councillor, uh, then you, you, you're losing a fair bit of corporate history in one election. Exactly. And um, I guess in terms of the councillors that are seeking re-election, um, what do they what do they have to do to um, ensure that they get back in? Uh, as I look through the history of people uh, on the Toowoomba Council, all of them have got uh, grounding in various sporting or community organisations. Uh, you mentioned uh, Kerry Shine before. Uh, least people think I was favouring Lawrence at the expense of Kerry Shine. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'll leave the balance up. He is somebody too who's uh, like Lawrence, extensive 
uh, career in state government can apply that in, in a governance sense. Like Lawrence, no history of blemish uh, accusation against his integrity. Um, so the sorts of people that Toowoomba seems to have elected are people who are grounded in the community, uh, whether that be through sporting, uh, community direct organisations, um, uh, business. Many of these people ha have had a, a business uh, in Toowoomba and therefore they interact with a whole lot of people. It seems to me that they're the types of people uh, that certainly Toowoomba elects, but Toowoomba wouldn't be alone in that. Uh, most local authorities are elect, uh, have elected representatives who are grounded in in, uh, in their community. That's why they're elected. Uh, let me say it in this way. There's no National Party way to collect the rubbish. There's no Liberal Party way to collect the rates. And there's no Labor Party way to um, fix up the footpath. Uh, they are community issues. And so they look for community above politics. Mm. From what you understand about the candidates to watch out for in the election, or sorry, the candidates that are running in the election, um, who should we watch out for? Oh, it struck me that the name ones, and Nancy Summerfeld, she'll, she seems to the poll very, very well, um, as does, you know, I always, Megan O'Hara Sullivan. She, she seems to be one who polls very, very well. Uh, it's a, an undivided council, so it's the top 10 names. And as you've already indicated, a number of retirements. I would have thought that the existing councillors start uh, with a head start simply by the fact that in four years they've been able to get round and uh, get round to various communities, um, organisations, sporting organisations, social things mixed with chambers of commerce, they would start with a head start. So if six are, are running for re-election, provided they've done those things, then the six sitting councillors have a head start. Now, it is then an interesting contest about the four others. And um, uh, I would have thought that people who are already grounded in the community in some way or have a name recognition that is positive will we'll start as favourites in the next lot. Mm -hmm. And um, from your understanding, what are some of the biggest issues? Um, or are there any big issues heading into this election? Or generally speaking, is it more rates, roads and rubbish? I, it, that's its starting point. But there, there does seem to be uh, uh, some specific issues to Toowoomba. I mean, to my way of thinking, and... You might say, hang on, um, John, there's a whole lot of water lying around now, but just a few short weeks ago, water security would have been a, a continuing and underlying concern. Uh, don't forget, Toowoomba's top of the mountain and has no river. Water security is always going to be at the back of people's mind. The, the pipeline to Wivenhoe is there, but that will always be something that exercises uh, at, at, at a a significant level uh, with people. The other one, of course, is the is the rifle range mm -hmm. uh, on, on Mount Lofty, where there's now an application for housing. Now, there'll be people who want the housing and there'll be people who want 
that land preserved as a public amenity. So that's going to be a tension. I'm not going to say it's number one issue because it's quite specific, but that's there. And I think there's also going to be, uh, there's an underlying issue about whether you continue to have an undivided council or whether in time you look at a divided council. Now I know uh, during this term the council uh, voted to continue to have an undivided council. I just wonder how that plays in some of those towns uh, just outside of Toowoomba. So there's three in addition to what you correctly said is roads, rates and rubbish. Talking about an undivided council, what kind of challenges does that bring up and what do you think is better, uh, undivided council or divisions? I'm I'm one who favours divisions and I I do it because the area of uh, accountability is quite direct with a divided council. You know who your councillor is, you know to whom you've got to go and that person performs or doesn't perform. In an undivided council, uh, it's, it is just a blurred lines of accountability in my view. You've got 10 people. Um, and if you didn't get satisfaction with the person uh, you went to, um, to whom do you go next, the other nine? Or the other nine can say, look, I've spoken to council or so-and-so and he's attending or she's attending to that. Uh, I, me, I, would, I like direct lines of accountability. And I think if I was living in a in a smaller town outside of Toowoomba, I'd like the fact that uh, I've got a person who's going to speak up uh, for my town uh, or, or series of towns that have a, a, a community of interest. So uh, whereas undivided councils, uh, it tends to be the vote for the best known and that's, that's good because uh, you, know, you get the well-known figure. I just like, I guess I'd come down always on, on the, in the case of a, a divided council. More generally speaking, um, what is Queensland's perception towards local government at the moment? Do, do we trust our councils? I think the Belcara report uh, initiated by the Crime Commission has shone an an uncomfortable spotlight into some councils. And it has found, in the case of Ipswich, um, corruption. Uh, And in the case of Logan, uh, in the mayoralty, allegations of corruption. Uh, But, uh, and there's an allegation against the mayor in the Morton Shire. But there are 77 councils there are thousands of people who put their name up for local government and overwhelmingly they do the best for their community. So my encouragement this time is I'm delighted that people like Lawrence Springboard are putting their name up for local government. Uh, as I, I'm going to say to even up the political school here, Kerry Shine is putting his name up because What we have, I think, at all levels of government, not just in Australia, but certainly you see it internationally, is a deficit of trust in elected officials. And 
that building up of that trust starts at the local level with local government. And that's why it's important that we get the best community people putting their names forward. And I'm encouraged by what I've seen uh, in terms of people this time wanting to stand uh, for local government. It's, it's a good sign in Toowoomba. It's a good sign in Gunnarumi. Well, on um, that note, Professor Mickle, I think um, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for your time this morning. No, it's my pleasure. And uh, let's uh, talk after after the elections and we'll see whether we both got it right or we're hopelessly wrong. That was political commentator and former speaker of the Legislative Assembly, Professor John Mickle. Toowoomba 2020 is produced by me, Toby Loftus, for The Chronicle. Music by Kevin McLeod. Toowoomba 2020 is made possible because of our valued subscribers. If you are yet to subscribe, we have a great $1 for 28 days deal on currently. Visit thechronicle.com.au forward slash subscribe for more information. See you next week.